Hello and welcome back to the Fins Nation UK podcast. This episode is all about reviewing our week one win over the Los Angeles Chargers. And with me, I've got a first time guest on the podcast, the co-host of Go Time Dolphins. With me today is Kadeem Simmons. Kadeem, how are you? I am still getting over, or I guess coming down from that week one victory. It went through all the emotions, the highs, the lows, the oh my days we're going to lose, the oh my days we're going to win. So I'm still on a massive high and still coming down from that victory. Yeah, me as well. I mean, it it was just one of those games that was so back and forth. It was just end-to-end stuff and it really was, I think it was by far the game of the week and it was so exciting and, you know, Watching it in amongst you know, San Diego, where you know the Chargers used to play, it was a bit of a, a needle to the atmosphere, I must say. But it was um, so good to get the win because there's so many years you've had in the past where you go into week one with a lot of hope and then you lose week one, and then it's like, oh, the season. Well, not I don't think you think the season's over, but it's a massive dent to have a loss in week one. So to get that win, to go one and zero, I think is a huge step. And there's a reason why I think only one team in history of lost their first game and won a Super Bowl. So I think it just showed how important uh, the week one win is. Yeah, definitely. And I also found with, you know, the Chiefs losing and obviously the Bills lost on Monday Night Football. But I guess the results also went the Dolphins' way for that opening weekend. So there's still so much more football to play, but it's always good to get off to that winning start. And especially when your rivals in the AFC East and the AFC in general lose, it's... It was just the perfect weekend in terms of how it went for the Dolphins. I think you're right because we did a in my other podcast across the pod, we did a you know a season predictions, and in my you know my top three AFCs were going to be literally apart from the Jags, the Jets, Bills, and Chiefs. I thought they were the three. Sorry, the Jets, Chiefs, and Bengals were my top three favorite teams from the AFC into the teams I thought would have the most chance of reaching the Super Bowl, and they all lost. The Chiefs. Had the closest margin, obviously, um, you know, and they obviously they keep close to winning. And the Bengals looked awful, but then the Jets, of course, they won their game. But I can't think winning as many as we thought they were going to win because of the Aaron Rodgers injury. So I think it's just been, yeah, the perfect weekend for, um, and of course, the Bills losing as well. Just a perfect weekend for Dolphins fans. Oh, oh yeah, of course. You know, you kind of don't want to make light of Aaron Rodgers potentially playing his last, you know, game as a as an NFL player, but. The Jets aren't what they are without him. And I think so much of their Super Bowl hopes was based around Aaron Rodgers being fit, healthy and playing, you know, the entire season. So, yeah, the Dolphins heading to to the rest of the season, knowing that at least for a week, they are probably the best team in the NFL, offensively at the very least. And Tua making what looks like another massive stride can only be a good thing for the team. I agree completely. And you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, I talked about it in our I had a jet to win in the whole Super Bowl in our predictions episode because I thought if you go seven and nine with that quarterback room last year, you've had Dalvin Cook to Brees Hall in a running back room, which where Brees Hall did miss a lot of the uh, run down the stretch. And that defense is, as we saw last night, stood elite. So I thought having him in would, would make them contenders. But I think now we're gonna see probably what we saw last year in terms of an amazing defense, an amazing run game, and great receivers. Which is let down by Paul Quarterback play now. You know, Zach Wilson is currently the starter for next week, but they could still go out and get the likes of, I don't know, there's not as maybe maybe like a Carson Wentz or something, but even way, it's never going to be the same as what 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 it'd have with Aaron Rodgers, even if he was declining a little bit from last year. Um, so yeah, ultimately a, a great weekend for Dolphins fans. And before we go on to the game in general, 
Uh, as your first time on the podcast, Kadeem, um, what made you a Dolphins fan? Um, so I kind of came into the NFL and the Dolphins via playing Madden. So I had Madden a few years, and this is nearly a decade ago, and kind of didn't really have a team, didn't really know the rules, but I liked watching people hit each other when, you know, throwing touchdowns. So I basically picked up Madden one year and thought, this is going to be the year where I get invested into the sport, let me find a team. And starting a franchise, I was like, you know what? I've heard of the Dolphins. I quite like their uniform, so why not? And I think that was around 2014. So I think I'm entering like my 10th year as a Dolphins fan. I wish I can say that I watched the Miami Miracle. I watched some kind of game and I just fell in love with them. No, I started playing video games and thought this would be the team I picked. Oh, it's funny because we have a lot of fans in Finch Nation who become Dolphins fans because of Dan Marino, especially of that Channel 4 era. But um, I'm also a Dolphins fan because of Madden. So it's nice to have a fellow um, a fellow Dolphins fan who's got a similar story to myself. Yeah, I think, obviously, it's so, so much more accessible today than it was even 10 years ago. Um, I quietly admit that if I had kind of watched the Super Bowl or watched other stuff first... I might have been a Seahawks fan because I love that Legion of Boom. Um, but the Dolphins, even back then, you know, your Ryan Tannehill's, your Kenny Stills, um, you know, there's a few players who you kind of have fond memories of, fond, fond memories of looking back. Um, and yeah, some of those early starts, like the three and zero start before Tannehill got injured against the Cardinals, all that kind of stuff. It's it's fun to look back on, given where the team is potentially going over the next few seasons. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it starts with this week one win we had. And looking at the stats of this game, I mean, Tua obviously was the main. Him and Tyreek Hill were the main sort of headline makers. Tua had 466 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. As well as most, uh, sorry, well as Waddle getting 78 yards receiving. Tyreek Hill had two touchdowns and 215 yards receiving, as well as, um, you know, defense sacking Herbert three times. Uh, Raheem Oster, I mentioned just then. 37 yards and one touchdown. Not the best yardage, but he got a really crucial touchdown early on in the game. Um, and in terms of the main talking points, I mean, for you, Kadeem, to his performance, how exciting was this for you? Because for me, you know, he showed up when it counted, you know, with the fourth quarter, the pass he made to Tyree Kill midway through late on in the fourth quarter. That led to that game-winning touchdown from Tyree Kill. He overcame really what was a difficult start with the fumbling the ball early on and the poor snap. Uh, but also, I want to sort of go into a lot more on this. But for, for you, Kadeem, yeah, what, what's your take been on on that amazing performance from both Tua and Tyreek Hill? I think there's obviously a lot of Dolphin fans who have seen this kind of performance coming. They've kind of said, you know, Tua is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. You give him weapons, you let him get settled in an offense. You know, I believe this is the first time he's having the same offensive coordinator and same scheme since, like, high school. So that constant chop and change hasn't really helped. And seeing Tua come out all guns blazing, throwing downfield, you know, staying clean in the pocket, which obviously, you know, you credit the offensive line. But there was just a fearlessness from the opening snap to, you know, the final time the Dolphin had the ball that Tua, Tyreek Hill and Mike McDaniel said, you know what, this is our game. And... If you're going to keep on leaving Tyreek Hill one-on-one with any corner, it doesn't matter who, two is going to attack you. And, you know, there was a few underthrown passes. There was a few times which I'm sure he'd look back and say, you know what, I could have done something different there. But his 
but the ball in his hand, he just looked like he looked like the MVP caliber quarterback he he looked like last year. And I think for Dolphins, that's all you can ask for right now, especially week one against the team they struggled against last year. Tua's performance is was just. It, it was remarkable. It was absolutely amazing. And hopefully he continues that going forward. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing. Remember, he's, he's um, projected to get, you know, seven, I think something like 7,000 yards or something. That's obviously that's never going to happen. But um, for me, as well, I've got to praise as well, not just that fourth quarter pass, that one, you know, third down. And so one he made, I believe, that was really good to see um, towards the end of the second quarter. I mean, the Chargers just got made the 17 all. You know, and that's why I also want to praise Mike McDaniel because most coaches would have gone like, "We'll take the knee here, we'll go to the half, 17 all, we don't take the risk." But he went for it and he made that pass, which got to you know, got to that field goal range, which obviously led to us taking a 2017 lead, and ultimately we won by two points. So I think we've got to praise as well that composure to to do, it. and also to McDaniel for making that decision to go for it. I think ultimately it worked out. I mean, I was talking about, I remember I watched it in the sports bar and I was a Raiders fan who was criticising his team for taking the field goal in that game against the Broncos. And I was saying to him, look, yes, it's, you know, it's conservative and you're, you're, I think they were like the 10-yard line or something. But I said to him that, come the end of the game, that three points may be crucial. And just like ourselves, they also had the same thing. They won the game by, I believe it was three points as well. So, you know, I think for me, it was good seeing, we want to see progress. We saw progress last year going from Two are being, you know, criticised to showing when he's on the field how good he was, and you know, going from not making playoffs in six years to then going on and making a playoff points. And really, we would have won that game if two was playing. And I think it's good to see progress, as you say, about the Chargers game because you know I was at that game last year. And we were terrible. We were terrible. I mean, we got a lucky touchdown really in the first half. Um, so I think it's good to see progress that we're beating these teams like last year when he beat the Bills after so many times of not beating them and running them close to the other two times. I think it's really good to see us beating the Chargers in, in an important game because, you know, if you go 0-1, potentially 0-2, you never know with the Patriots. That could be a season over already. So I think to go into it 1-0, potentially 2-0, if we do beat the Patriots like I think we will, I think it's really important. I think it was all good all good all around. I think winning game could be better, but I think in terms of you look at Tyree Kill and the catches he made and the yards he made, I mean, there were so many times where, for me, he was just left so open in the middle of the field. And I, I think... For me, is there anyone who's more who's more unguardable than Tyree Kill right now? Because Jefferson didn't have his best game against the Buccaneers. Tyree Kill, every game he plays, he makes these plays. He makes these amazing highlight reels. And for me, it's just for me, I don't think there's anyone more unguardable than him in the league right now. No, I don't think there is. I think it's it's his speed, it's his toughness. He, even though he's short, I guess by NFL standards, he's really difficult to get down. Um, he's elusive. I think, you know, at the start of the season and even last season, Tyreek Hill saying he wants to get 2,000 yards. You kind of go, okay, sure, no one's, you know, ever been able to do that. So, you know, good luck with that. As long as Tua stays healthy, you can genuinely see him getting at the very least close to it. Like 2,000 yards for Tyreek Hill and Tua isn't out of the realms of, of um, you know, it isn't impossible. I think you said something earlier about, you know, that play just before half time and, there was like, I think in the first quarter, the Dolphins went for it on fourth and seventh. It's like, again, throughout the game, they were they were ruthless. They were pushing the ball downfield. There's like, what? Like, I think it's 12 seconds left. Game is tied. Most teams in that situation go, do you know what? We'll, we'll kneel it out. We will take it to the half and, you know, we'll go again second half. There's an excellent pass to Jalen Waddle. 
And even then, it's like, okay, two seconds left. You know, why do anything? Obviously, the Dolphins get a lucky break that JC Jackson has an absolute boneheaded moment and pushes Everkesi Karma. But actually, at the time, I said that three points could be massive because the way this game is shaping up, it's you know, it's not going to be a blowout by either team. And like you said, the Chargers lost by two points. That two points is basically the full goal that JC Jackson stupidly gave up. So, no, it was um. I, I agree with you. I would have liked to have seen a better run game and definitely better defense. You can't rely on two phoneable 400 yards every single game and, you know, scoring 36 points. But if you can fine-tune some things over the next few weeks, the Dolphins look like, at the very least, they're going to be really difficult to stop, you know, through the year. So if they can add a run game to that, you're, you're, you're laughing. I agree. But I have to play devil's advocate a little bit with the offence. Now, we've praised about two. And even Waddle only had you know, a handful of receptions. got 78 yards. You know, But I'm looking at the rest of the receiving yards in this game. I mean, the next best was tight end with three receptions and 44 yards. You know, three t- receptions from Braxton Berrios, 42 yards. River Craycraft got a touchdown, but he only had 40 yards from three receptions. So, you know, we know that Brandon Staley isn't the most complete coach. He's probably on the one of the more hotter seats of head coaches this season. So we're going to play against better coaches come, you know, come week two, week five, week 10, whatever we play this season and better coordinators as well. So does that worry you in terms of there are going to be games where teams are going to double, are going to basically take Hill and Waddle out of the game through their coverage. Does that worry you in terms of the fact we haven't got really a third option to throw to if those two are struggling to get, to get the ball? Um, not so much. I think, especially with, with week one, it does seem like Waddle was on a limited snap count. If you like, I remember watching the game and a lot of times just thinking Waddle isn't even on the field. So I think that's more them just trying to not have him out there every single snap, given he's coming off an injury, you know, during the preseason and stuff. I think if any team can shut down both Waddle and Hill for, for the entirety of a game, then fair play, you know, that's that's quite a very good defence, you know. And obviously they're going to have off games. But I think what we saw with the others in terms of like Durham Smythe and Blackstone Barrios and even Evergazu Karma, the Dolphins have guys who can step up when needed. Like there's a pass to Blackstone Barrios on like third and 15, where two escapes to pocket and finds him and it's a great catch. I think that's what the Dolphins offense is basically going to be. You use some of these role players, you know, again, like you mentioned, your Facton Barrios, Robbie Chosen, if he sees the field, Durham Smythe, Eric Kazukama, they're going to be your 20, 30, 40-yard guys. The, the thing with Waddle and Hill is that you throw, to, again, you saw it with, with Waddle, you throw him like a five-yard slant. He's getting 40 yards from that. That's the thing that Waddle and Hill have, which the other guys just don't have. So, no, I'm, I also think that's why the Dolphins need a run game. So, no, I'm not quite worried about stopping Hill and or teams stopping Hill and Waddle, but I do understand your point in which the Dolphins do need to find, you know, other role players, a run game. You can't you can't just rely on two guys because people have off games. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, moving on from offensive defence, um, I want to mainly talk about the Vic Fangio defence, of course, we've had. I believe there were three years as Josh Boyer. Um, last year, obviously, didn't go to plan. He obviously he lost his job. We brought in Vic Fangio with a lot of hype after his time as a coordinator with the, the uh, Chicago Bears. 
Um, now, there were some good parts and bad parts to this defence. I mean, first of all, the bad. Uh, we did allow 234 total rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns, including the likes of Austin Eckler getting 117 yards, uh, Josh Kelly getting 91 yards. On the flip side, our defence came up when it counted, especially the late fourth quarter, you know, when Phillips came up with that crucial sack to win the game on the Chargers' fourth down late in the fourth quarter. But it wasn't just him. Uh, there was a really important sack from Zach Seeler on second down in that same play, in that same drive, uh, ended up being third and 29, which ultimately had a huge part in us making that stop in fourth down. Um, and even going further back than that, you know, you'd look at, um, there was a point in this game where it was 31 to 13. Uh, they were in the red zone, the Chargers, but around about four minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. And then we made them, we forced them to take a field goal, which ultimately helped us because if we'd let a touchdown go, we'd, we'd have lost this game. So, for you, what was your take on the defensive performance of Big Fangio? Because there were definitely definitely pros and cons to it on Sunday. Yeah, the the run defense was non-existent. Um, that's not ideal. You need to be able to stop the run at the at the very least. Um, like you said, when it mattered, the defense I guess came up clutch. Big Fangio isn't a defensive coordinator that lacked a blitz. But when the Dolphins blitzed the Chargers, they came home quite a few times. There's the very near safety with Kaida Kohu. Um, you obviously mentioned the Zach Sealy one, the Jalen Phillips one. I think the Dolphins have the guys on the defensive line who should be able to generate pressure without sending, you know, five, six, seven guys. I think the Chargers offensive line done a really good job of, you know, negating the likes of Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, um, Emmanuel Ogba, good to see him back. I think overall, it's it's week one. There's going to be some, you know, something to clean up. They're still, they're still getting to grips with this Fangio defense. They obviously lost Jalen Ramsey. You've got guys like Brandon Jones coming back from injury. So I think it's definitely, yeah, it's a work in progress. And even though we beat the Chargers, they have a lot of weapons in Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, who can who can talk to best defense in the league, you know, when they want to. So. I'm not too worried right now, given it's week one. But, yeah, we need to tighten up the run game, force teams into, you know, second long, third long. And that's when you can really, you know, basically let your Bradley Chubbs and Jalen Phillips do what they do best, which is watch a passer and not worry so much about, okay, great, it's first and 10, they're going to run for another 10 yards. Because that's what the Chargers basically did. They picked up 10 yards whenever they wanted on the ground, and that's not sustainable in this league. I think you're right because there's so many times on third down where they got that first down. And the same thing happened last year. A lot of games, you know, the, we're looking like we're going to make a start and third, get to third down and we ultimately give a big, a big play. So I think that is a concern. And I, I do agree with you that week one, I mentioned it in my other podcast, week one's an anomaly. You know, it's basically almost like a final preseason game because you see a lot of freak results. You know, a lot of players these days don't even play in preseason. You know, our Bengals lost hugely in their game against the Browns, but I can't see it being that bad all year round. I mean, other teams like the 49ers, until the other day, they had only won one in the last four or three week one games, and they've made the three of the last four years NFC Championship game. And, you know, the Buccaneers lost heavily to the Saints in week one when they won the Super Bowl. And it's, I think these days, I think week one is one week where there's a, it's almost too much overreaction. It's one week where you can't really um, make a a true affection on a team. I think really it only gets about maybe week five or six where you can really make that real affection on a team. And I think the defence for us is the same thing because 
you know, with the exception of the newcomers, you know, likes of Christian Wilkins, Jaden Phillips, you know, Javon Hollands, even now they're used for the last three years to playing a very blitz heavy defense and preseason they didn't play many stats together. So I think week one is all about learning a new system and getting used to a a more of a always a zonal sort of system rather than going down the the man route of going for the blitz. So I, I think that yeah, definitely work to be done. Um, but I think it's a good chance of week two against Patriots to really, you know, really establish ourselves because that offense was good, but it, I don't think it's going to be an offense that's going to scare teams that doing the Patriots. I know Mike Gazicki knows our team well, and, you know, Mac Jones, I think, will improve under, you know, under Bill O'Brien, but I don't think we can be looking at that Patriots offense. I think they're going to score anywhere near as many points as what the Chargers did in week one. No, of course not. The, the strength of the Patriots over the past few years has been this defense and this defense being able to keep them in games and essentially not score enough points, but put the offense into positions where they can capitalize and stuff. And I think the Dolphins will be positive heading into that game, going that they can at the very least put up like 24 points. The issue will be that, yeah, the Patriots defense is excellent at, you know, takeaways and stuff like that and the last thing you want to do is get into get into a you know close close low scoring game against the Patriots that's just that's just not ideal but I think you know as you as you mentioned this is a new scheme and I'm not surprised that the Dolphins offense in the second year under Mike McDaniel are where they are in week one when the Dolphins defense in their first year under Vic Fangio looks a bit you know shaky because if you if you think about it Josh Boy has been there for what, or was there for like three years. Is you know the Josh Boyer defense was basically the Brian Flores defense which we had for two years. So this defensive, this that defense, this defensive unit has only known one thing for the best part of three years. So to go from that to what they are now, they're still going to be bumps in the road. You're still adding in guys like David Long Jr. Obviously, Xavier Howard kind of has a new role. Javon Holland's gone from essentially, you know, blitzing the quarterback and playing on the edge to, okay, now becoming a bit more of a a, a safety, I guess, or, or, a, or a true traditional safety. So we'll see, how, we'll see how it goes. But no, um, the Patriots don't scare me, but it's Bill Belichick. And he, I guess, still has some kind of voodoo over the NFL. Yeah, and I think Howard has to sort out some of his game because there was a, a, a part of this game where he gave up I think he gave up a penalty flag in like three and five plays, and it was a point where there was kept being flagged, it kept being Xavier Howard. And this is the guy who regressed massively last year, and you know, a guy who's twice now requested the trade, and both times we've managed to sort it out. So, you know, he got a Pro Bowl last year, but I think that was one of the more rigged Pro Bowl votes I've ever seen. I don't think he deserved that at all. So that worries me a little bit, but at the same time, I don't really think I fear. I, I think he'll get it right. I think, like mentioned before, a lot of teething problems. He's getting used to a brand new system, going from the blitz package to you know a more of a you know a more of a zonal sort of base defense and the big fangio. So I, I do think that they'll be improved because only a couple of years ago, or well, three years ago, where he was an interception leader, you know, playing alongside Jalen Ramsey when he comes back will be a massive improvement. And I do have confidence in this team, especially against the Patriots. And I think for that game, I can see winning that game. I'm going to go for something like, let's say. 24 to 17 win. Um, how, how are you seeing the game? What's your prediction for the Patriots game? Um, the, the, the Patriots 
don't have the wide receivers that the Chargers do to kind of really go open. I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Gesicki looks like a brand new tight end. Like we're used to Mike Gesicki not getting much separation and kind of like falling at the first sign of contact, which I'm a massive Mike Gesicki fan. So I don't mean that, you know, in a negative way. I would not be surprised if Mike Gesicki turns to like prime Rob Gronkowski. He's blocking, he's taking like 70 yard touchdowns to the house and stuff like that. But no, I still reckon the Dolphins have enough. And I'm looking at something like 27 14. I just, I can't look at the Patriots team and go, what's going to scare me? Devontae Parker probably won't even play. I'm not scared of Kendrick Bourne. Um, Hunter Henry and Mike Gesicki, they're not tight ends that are going to really you know, gain separation and really cause you difficulty. As long as our defenders stay close to them and break up passes, the Patriots offensive line isn't as good as the Chargers offensive line, so I expect us to get home a lot more. Yeah, I'm not... I think... The 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 Dolph the Patriots won't beat the Dolphins. The Dolphins will beat the Dolphins if that makes sense. So yeah, something like twenty seven fourteen. It shouldn't be a close game at all. I agree. I think that you look as well the likes of two. I believe it's three zero against Bill Belichick. Belichick doesn't appear to be the same coach without Tom Brady at the moment. He's you know, and I don't think the team around us could trouble us as much as they did. You know, and Tom Brady, especially not so much man, but in New England. So I think. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the game, and I think we will win. I'm more confident. I, I was confident against the Chargers, but I'm even more confident against the Patriots. But again, until I see differently, Bill Belichick, you could surprise me. You never know. You could have a, a great scheming plan, but I, I don't think he will give us as much trouble as maybe he did in the past. So, yeah, very confident for that game. Um, but that really is where we'll end this review for today. Um, so, first of all, thank you, Kadeem, for coming on. No, thanks for having me. Um, I'm a long-time listener, first-time, I guess, caller, so... Great to have it on. You know, always happy to talk Dolphins. And especially after that week one victory, it's just so good to keep on talking about probably the game of the year already. And it's only week one. Yeah, I agree. That game was 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 amazing. It really was. Um, so for those who haven't heard of you and your work before for Go Time Dolphins, uh, what can they look forward to? And what can we how can we find you on the um, on the podcast? Uh, so we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, um, Go Time Dolphins. Same on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And yeah, just myself and my the host of the podcast, Charlie Touche. Um, it's just one guy from the UK, one guy from the US talking, talking football. And then every once in a while, we're joined by a either former or current Miami Dolphins. So we've had... Miles Gaskin, Javon Holland, OJ McDuffie, and oh, this is really bad. Defensive tackle. Oh my days! I've I've drawn a blank. He's been on twice. How do you draw a blank on somebody who's been on? <laughs> right, you can help me. The guy who was on Hard Knocks with the Rams, who doesn't believe in dinosaurs but believes in mermaids. Oh, bloody hell! That one with Sean McVay or was that one? Oh, I think it's um. No, it was. The old coach. I'm, I've actually, I've legit drawn. Right, you know what? William I'm really Hayes. sorry. William Hayes. Right, Hayes is going to kill me for that. Right, <laughs> Will, I am so sorry. But yeah, we've had Will Hayes on. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, yeah, a few times a week we just talk dolphins, music, whatever, but mostly dolphins, I guess. I love Javon Holland. So it's amazing you got to have him on the podcast. And I, I was a big Miles Gaskin fan as well. I liked him a lot, especially in that 2020 year. So that's um, really cool that you managed to get. Um, some of those guests you've mentioned on, on your podcast. 
Yeah, um, Mars Gaskin was the first, and yeah, we, we were quite disappointed to see him leave the team. You know, he didn't have to come on the podcast and speak to us, so he kind of holds he holds a special place in our hearts for that at the very least. And yeah, Javon Holland, he came on after his rookie year, and you know, spoke for about half an hour and touched upon a bunch of things, including anime. I'm a massive anime fan, so talking anime with Javon Holland was great fun. But yeah, you know, it's it's a privilege and just. Just talking dolphins in general, you know, on YouTube, all that kind of stuff is something that, you know, I don't take for granted. And no, I it's fun. So like, yeah, go go time dolphins. Um, yeah, we're on all social media platforms and stuff. Amazing stuff. And do check it out if you haven't already. So this has been the Things Nation UK podcast. I've been Andy. This has been Kadeem Simmons, and we will see you guys for our week two review. See you then. Bye.